Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in in what part of the country? Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. That number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. Be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emily Moss on another Bible Talk program. Good to be with you and going to continue with the uh, same theme uh, that we're dealing with, which is uh, proving the accuracy of the Bible, the inspiration of the Bible, that it is the Word of God. Uh, and therefore, it can be trusted and reliable in the things that it reveals. And also, your questions, any questions you have about the Bible, about theology, about Christian living, are welcome here. All you've got to do is call that number, which is area code 866. That's area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air. Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Good to be with you. Uh, as I'm sure many of you are doing just like I am doing, we kind of stay in put. <laughs> uh, uh, but at the same time, we do have to uh, do what we have to do, though. And one of them is keeping ministry going. So so glad, glad to have you with us. Hopefully you've got your Bible and you've got your questions ready. And I'm going to continue to deal with why we can trust the Bible as being a reliable document. And we're going to talk about something that came up yesterday. I think it's interesting to explore uh, dealing with the books of the Bible and also dealing with the canon of Scripture, uh, which will get us into a discussion of the uh, apocryphal books. Apocryphal, uh, a group of books written. In fact, if we talk about the apocryphal books, these books were written during what is called in uh, in uh, church history and in Bible history as the silent years. Uh, that would be the time between, that's when these books were written, the uh, apocryphal books, uh, be, uh, be, between 1500 B.C., well, let's put it this way. The Old Testament was written between 1500 B.C. and 425 B.C. So the Old Testament documents, the sacred documents of the prophets, were written at that time. Okay? So after after the Old Testament was written and the canon of Scripture closed, okay, 1500 B.C. to 425 B.C., uh, after that period, then the apocryphal books were written, all right, the apocryphal books. Between that 400-year uh, gap, uh, then uh, after that, from 50 A.D. to 95 A.D., we have the New Testament. So, so basically, it was during the so-called silent years that the apocryphal books were written. 
Why did they call them the silent years? Because the majority of the people in the Christian church recognized one fact absolutely. That is that no inspired scripture was being written during that 400-year period. Was okay? Was 1500 BC, 425 BC, Old Testament. Okay. Then the gap. Okay. The silent years. 400 years. First Maccabees, Second Maccabees, other apocryphal books. Uh, they have some historical insight that they can give us, but no prophets were on the scene at that time with their writing, and the documents tell us so. Then. About 4550 A.D. to 95 A.D., we have the New Testament being produced, the Gospels, and then ending with the book of Revelation. So uh, so that's a historical uh, skinny of it. But still, there's more things that we need to talk about because we also need to talk about how the canon of Scripture was put together. So we've got a job on our hands today. If you're ready, I'm ready. And at the same time, I'm handling all that heavy stuff. I also want you to call with your very own questions, and that number for you to dial is area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. Be on the air Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss, and we're going to go to the phone lines right now. Caller, you are on the air. Hey, Pastor. How are you today? Really good. How are you? Uh, Good. Thank you. I got a question about the uh, receiving of the Holy Spirit. Now, when Jesus, uh-huh. when when the believers back then were were uh, you know when they believed in Jesus, they were they were baptized and they received the Holy Spirit. They were automatically, I mean, like ready to go. Basically, they could speak in tongues, they could perform miracles and stuff like that. Now, if a believer gets saved today, and I know I know everybody has their own gifts, but why is it that? like the Christians take longer to become Christians, if, if you get what I'm saying. Why are we more, why are we more like childlike Christians now as pertaining to us, you know, like back then, like when, when they first, when they first received the Holy Spirit and the miracles they could do right away? How come that doesn't happen like that now? So you're saying, so, uh, so what you're saying is that you're wondering why there is some kind of a, of a, a of a gap where Christians aren't able to do, uh, uh, miracles, you're saying? No, no. I mean, I mean, like the expediency of which, when they get saved, when they got saved back uh-huh. then, and they received the Holy Spirit, like they could mm-hmm. do things a lot faster back then, as as in, like a Christian could do, in my opinion, today. Say if say if a believer well, you, got born again and got mm-hmm. saved today, right? Well, what happens though know is this. Uh, well, well, I hear what you're saying, but you said it interesting in your opinion. So, in other words, so this comes from an observation that you're making, okay? Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. What I'm just saying is that that's not necessarily the biblical view, okay? In fact, that hasn't been my view. Uh, when I got saved, I was saved right away. I was saved at the age of 14, born again at that time, and been born again ever since. Needless to say, you know, there's been a, a, a times I've had to repent of sins, and, you know, like everybody else because that's uh, what the Lord can do for us. But I was completely saved at that time. And folks need to realize this. Um, uh, the minute that you confess Jesus Christ as personal, uh, as your Lord and Savior, you're saved. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says this. Uh, now, each, in fact, he's talking about spiritual gifts here, which is interesting. So maybe within this, uh, uh, this passage, we can cover what you're talking about, my friend, where it says in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant, Paul says. 
you know that you were Gentiles carried away under these dumb and he's telling them about gifts, okay? Because what happens is the Corinthian church, uh, they were dealing with spiritual gifts, but they were uh, in competition about it. They were saying one gift was greater than the other. And they, in fact, they were warring concerning these gifts. They were saying people uh, warring about the gifts of the Spirit that one had, right? Uh, so he says to them, he cautions them about this exaggeration of gifts. He says in verse 2, you, you know that you were Gentiles, carried away into these dumb idols, okay? even as you were led. What happened before they got saved, they were Gentiles. And uh, many of them, of course, following Greek culture, the Greeks had all kinds of gods they worshipped. And all of those gods right. gave them certain power. So one person says, I've got Zeus's power. I've got Venus's power. I've got Aphrodite's power. And Paul said, you cannot treat God's gifts like that. In verse 3, he says this. Here's a key verse for you. In First Corinthians 12 and 3, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. So what that tells you is, if a person says and proclaims that Jesus is Lord, uh, that person is saved, because you cannot do that unless the Holy Spirit is prompting you to do that. And the minute you are saved, here's what happens. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, same place we're at, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all um, made to drink of that one spirit, right? So once you're saved, you're placed into the body of Christ, and then God gives right. you the gifts of the spirit as he wills, not as you will. And, you may want to speak in tongues, and he doesn't give you that gift. You know, and I and I completely understand that. But one of the things, see, like like when you were saying, uh one of the things that anybody who calls on Lord is from the Holy Spirit, and I agree with that. But one of the scariest verses in the Bible for me is is where I get confused on is where where Jesus even said he said, uh, Lord, Lord, have we not cast out demons in your name and and done miracles and all that? And Jesus said, Depart from me, I never knew you. But in that same vein, then people were saying we've done it, we've done this in the name of the Lord, you know. And he says, Depart from me, I never knew you. So how can that? How do those two coincide with each other? Because those people were deceived. Oh, yeah, I know where you're going. And that's a very uh, uh, interesting place, right, where Jesus tells them, uh, in fact, I think you're coming from Matthew, and it's a very uh, 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 challenging verse. Because here was a case where you have people, uh, in other words, uh, a lot of people uh, think that they're saved uh, and they're not. In fact, also, they can be uh, thinking they're doing something, uh, and Jesus will say just the opposite of it, right? Uh, so in other words, uh, if, if, in other words, here's where we are, right? For Matthew chapter 7, that's what we're looking at. Now watch what he says. Look at what Jesus says here. And very good question. I'm so glad you called. Here in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, not everyone, here's what Jesus said, not everyone right. that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, okay? But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Basically what he's saying is that these people are not saved. Not everyone, you can say, Lord, Lord, with your mouth and not believe in your heart. That's why it has to be you confess with your mouth, but you've got to believe in your heart. Now, these people were not saved. Now, I'll prove that to you. Let me prove it to you in the following verses. It says in verse 22, okay, uh, same place, Matthew seven twenty-two. many will say to me in that day, 
Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? Okay. Verse 23, then Jesus, uh, and then will I profess. This is, what Jesus, this is what Jesus says. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Now, I know that you understand. If Jesus said he never knew them, that meant they were never saved. All the things they were talking about were lies. The devil was deceiving them. And you have people today deceived. You've got ministers, in fact, lying about powers that they have, and they're talking about that they're gods just like Jesus. Just because a person says they're saved doesn't mean they are. Everyone that he condemns here, he said, I never knew you. Not that they got saved and lost it. They never had. Right. And that's, and that's the part that that's the part where I, I'm, you know, I'm I'm at because it's like, well, wait, I say Jesus is Lord and and I I'm saved and he's my savior. But then I read, so then I read that verse and it's like, okay, well, wait a minute. If I'm not doing, you know, if I'm not doing what I should be doing or I did something wrong that I shouldn't do, is is he referring to me or, you know what I mean? That's where I get twisted up on it. Because we can repent of our sins. We can repent of our sins. Right. You know, thank God for First John chapter 1, verse 7 to 8. We confess our sins, right. he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all, for all, from all unrighteousness. These folks in Matthew chapter 7, they were reprobates. They weren't saved at all. They were walking, talking about all these miracles they were doing. They were lying. They weren't doing these things. Right. The devil just had so been they were, deceived. They were, willful, they, were, they were basically willfully saying, oh, yeah, we're casting out these demons while they're sitting in the back doing laugh about it, you know, for the most part. No, they probably they could be in any No, they could be in any kind of a cult group that could have made them think they were really doing these things, but they were not. Okay? Some people gotcha. have deceived themselves so, so much that they think they have something that they don't have. Okay? So that's, and, and, and right. then you know they couldn't have had anything. They, it's not like they backslid. it. Jesus said, I never knew you. That means they never had in the first place. Now, here's the comfort that you can have concerning your salvation, my friend. Over in Ephesians chapter 1, verse uh, 13, is really clear. Where it says that, and we'll read into it, verse 12, that we should be the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Then Ephesians 1, 13, in whom you also trusted. After that, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Okay? You are sealed. Uh, your name is already written in heaven if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Yes, you may fall in sin, but you can repent and be restored in good graces with Jesus. All right? No man can pluck him. Yeah, no man can pluck us from his hand. So, yeah, Come for on, sure. <laughs> Don't stop right, preaching thanks, on the program. <laughs> okay, thank you for calling. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Appreciate that call. Number to, co- number to call, area code 866-423-9578. I think it's time for a break, and we'll be right back. Hello, friends. This is Tom Kitterman, host of Mornings with Meaning, and I've got some exciting news. Now, in addition to listening to us at 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap Listen, choose News Talk, and scroll down to Faith Talk Detroit. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, it sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. 
politics, and religion. It's been said that you don't discuss them in mixed company. Probably by someone who didn't really understand either of them. Why follow their rules? Detroit has two radio stations that shatter them. One documents the rebuilding of a great America. While the other shares the promise of the infinite. The Patriot has all the great news about growing the economy and a strengthening nation. Faith Talk Detroit raises the soul and affirms the heart. The Patriot, FM 101.5 and AM 1400. And Faith Talk Detroit on FM 92.7 and AM 1500. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. Some abortion facilities are reporting an increase in the number of women having abortions. They say women are concerned about having a baby during the pandemic, and the abortion industry is happy to exploit those fears to earn money from doing abortions. But women are also reaching out to pro-life centers. Abortion Pill Reversal, the 24-hour hotline for women who changed their minds after taking the first of two chemical abortion pills, is also experiencing an increase. At first, abortion is the only option they can see, but it doesn't take long for doubt to enter in. Many of the calls to the hotline come from the abortion mill parking lots, and they receive immediate help. A crisis creates chaos in society, so we must be there to help them. For more information, visit our website at lifeissues.org. And stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. From being afraid of heights to spiders to enclosed spaces, we all face different fears. On the next Focus on the Family, Deborah Paget provides practical help and hope to those who are dealing with anxiety and fear. You'll learn through listening how to put fear in its place Next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Listen to Focus on the Family weekday mornings at 9.30 on Faith Talk Detroit. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss, uh, encouraging you to call with any questions you have about the Word of God. Be glad to talk about them here. Uh, As I continue my exploration, though, why we can be sure that the Bible is reliable. Uh, Definitely, there's so many reasons. If we look at the Bible historically, uh, even some of the scientific commentary that is made in the Bible, but uh, definitely, it's a a very important topic to discuss, and that's what I will be talking about. But, however, this is Bible talk, and as I've always promised you, whatever it is that you want to talk about in the Word of God is welcome here. Uh, In front of me, I'm looking at one of the most uh, uh, precious books other than the Bible in my library, a book that you can uh, purchase or order, Baker's Encyclopedia of Christian Apologetics. My goodness gracious, written by a brother of ours who now, uh, I mean all Christians, uh, who is now in heaven. But what great work he left us. Norman Geisler. You want an apologetic book that deals with history, deals with legal historical proof, um, and I think he might even talk a little bit about the kingdom of the cults here, philosophy. Norm does it. Um, and he also talks about the uh, Apocrypha and other issues as well. So get that one in your library. You can't have mine. Ha, 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 keeping it. But definitely, Baker's Encyclopedia of Christian Apologetics, good book to get, written, of course, by the great Norm Geisler. Number to call here, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. 
area code 866-423-9578. If you're on the air, I have a talk with Pastor Emory Moss. Uh, I knew Norm Geisler. In fact, he uh, uh, was, was also a graduate before me from uh, William Tyndale College when he was going. It was called Detroit Bible College. He left him there. And he went on to get a Ph.D. in philosophy. So he was able to put theology and philosophy together and uh, do just a, I mean, a real fantastic, comprehensive job in not only uh, teaching the Bible, but defending the faith. All right. Number to call here, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. All right, when we look at the canon of Scripture, the canon of Scripture uh, defines books that uh, were deemed to be holy uh, books, books that were inspired by God and the authoritative teachings of God coming through his prophets and his apostles. Now, as I started yesterday to talk about this, uh, the incorrect view is this. Uh, The incorrect view says the church determines the canon. And it's not true. The church does not determine what the canon of Scripture is. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Pastor Moss, what about all the councils that met the Council of Ephesus and this council, that council, the Council of Nicaea? Well, councils met, but they did not meet to determine what was going to be in the canon. They met to recognize the canon. Yeah, they met to discover the canon. They didn't say which book to throw out and which book to throw in. They knew what books to use. In fact, I can prove to you uh, and will prove to you in these lessons that the uh, inspired writings were recognized as soon as they were written. The councils that met only met to recognize the books, not to give them authority that they did not already have. So I'll be demonstrating that to you as we go on. All right? Uh, I got some scriptures here that make that. Uh, absolutely clear, all right? Uh, then, so that's the correct view, that the church discovers the canon, okay? It discovers the canon, okay? In terms of the apocryphal book, uh, Jerome was one who rejected the apocrypha in 340 A.D. He did not accept it as the word of God. He knew of it. He read it. But uh, St. Jerome, he rejected it. Augustine, now he accepted uh, some of the books, but he recognized that the Jews did not accept these books as part of the canon. Yeah, the Jews did not accept them as a part of the canon at all. And there were no doubt reasons for that. That's why they did not accept them, uh, because of the what the apocryphal books themselves said, okay? Uh, the apocryphal books, in other words, uh, from the data we gain from the apocryphal books themselves, that they admit that they were not written by prophets. No prophet wrote these books. Now, what's the difference? In the Old Testament, the Old Testament prophets, we have over 2,500 times uh, the writers, the prophets, and those inspired by God said that the word of the Lord came unto me. Usually it's in the first chapter or two of every prophet that wrote, right? But when we look at the apocryphal books, in fact, one of them, 1 Maccabees, chapter 9, verse 27, they say something that lets you know they cannot be considered to be inspired scripture. I'm just telling you what the documents themselves say. First Maccabees 9:27. Here's what was said: The prophets have ceased to appear. Right? You know what that means? The prophets weren't on the scene when these books were. That's why this time period between 425 BC and 50 AD is so important. They were called the silent years for a reason. 
That is because God was not inspiring people to write Scripture at that time. Okay, and even the apocryphal books itself, First Maccabees nine twenty seven, recognize it. The prophets have ceased to appear. Another place in uh, the uh, apocryphal books it mentions they were waiting for a prophet to come. Okay, because none was around. Okay, versus prophets were on the scene writing the Old Testament documents that were accepted by the Jews. Also, as you know, as you, as you'll see here in a moment when we get to it, is that. The Bible claims to be inspired scripture, no doubt about it. In fact, one of my most favorite verses of scripture, one that my mentor, the best teacher I ever had, Joseph Smith, gave to me, one I never forgot. This is known to be my favorite book, even by my wife, okay, who also knows it's my favorite verse of scripture. She could quote it by heart as well, Sister Moth, where in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, this is what it says. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is possible for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, that's what the Bible says about itself, that it is the word of God, right? Old Testament and the New Testament. Very clear, okay? It claims inspiration. Now, when we look at the apocryphal books, all right, that the writers of the apocryphal book, uh, I already quoted to you First Maccabees 9.27, something you can read for yourself. I have um, a number of Bibles in my possession, and I have the New American Bible. And in the New American Bible, they have the, uh, the uh, fanatical books uh, that they're supposed to have, right, New Testament, Old Testament. But also they uh, have put in the, Amer- the New American Bible the apocryphal books. I just got it and quoted. it. Uh, and that's what I've quoted uh, to you from already on this program. Uh, and in terms of inspiration, if we go to Second Maccabees. Now, this is Second Maccabees, uh, chapter 15, verse 37 to 39. Now, already I gave you First Maccabees 9:27, where it said the prophets have ceased to appear. So no claim is made of the apocryphal books that they were written by prophets. And then Second Maccabees fifteen thirty seven to thirty nine, here's what the writer said. Okay, uh, after he finishes writing his uh, documents, he says, "I will bring my own story to an end here too." Okay, then he tells us this: if it is well written and to the point, that is what I wanted. Okay, he didn't say anything about God inspired him to do nothing. He says, if it is well written and to the point, that is what I want. Then he makes this disclaimer. This is, the, this is from the second Maccabee. This is in the Apocrypha book. Uh, he says, if it is poorly done and mediocre, that is the best I could do. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a quote from the Apocrypha book, right? Okay, right. Do you get it? Okay. Uh, he says, if it is well written and to the point, that is what I wanted. If it is poorly done and mediocre, that is the best I could do. Wow. Okay, wow. So definitely there's no claim of inspiration by the apocryphal books. Yes, it was read in the church. It was accepted by uh, some, rejected by others. But here's one thing. It wasn't quoted by the New Testament writers. It wasn't quoted by the Old Testament writers. Okay, uh, It's very interesting because uh, prophets in the Old Testament would read other prophets. Never do they quote anything from the apocryphal books, which, by the way, 
were written much later. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Now, I'm dealing with the veracity of Scripture, but you may have other things on your mind, just like our first caller. And any question you have about the Bible is important. Any question you have about theology is important. So pick up that phone and give us a call at area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578 to be on the air, Bible Talk with uh, Pastor Moss dealing uh, here with the veracity of Scripture, something very important uh, for us to look at. All right, so if you want to call with your very own questions, you can do that right now. And also, before I forget about it, if you want to continue to uh, uh, keep this program on the air, and that's the Bible Talk program, you can send donations to P.O. Box 05879. That's P.O. Box 05879, Detroit, Michigan, 48205. And make out those checks to Bible Boot Camp Ministries. We would appreciate that very much. That's what keeps this program going. And uh, so we just appreciate you. Uh, would be obedient to the leading of the Spirit. And, to the, and if the Spirit leads you to uh, send some donations our way to keep Bible Talk going. All right. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Mark. Now, uh, uh, some have wondered uh, that why was it that uh, the Catholic Church in predict- particular, why did they accept the apocryphal books? Why did they accept it? Now, I want you to understand, I'm not on this program out to slam Catholics, okay? That's point number one. I don't slam anyone. The only thing I deal with is theology and apologetics and things of that nature. I attack issues, but not people, okay? And so I'm not here to attack the Catholic Church. Let me say point number two. I do believe that there are born-again Catholics, but I have to admit um, that they're in a system, in the Catholic Church. In other words, you're saved if you believe in Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross, that he rose from the dead for your sins, that he's God in human form. Yes, he died on the cross. You got it, okay? However, there's some things that Roman Catholics believe that I could never believe if I was a, you know, fully Roman Catholic. In other words, I'm not praying to Mary. And there's no place in the Bible that tells you to pray for her. There's only one mediator between God and men, 1 Timothy 2.5, and that's Jesus, okay? I could never do that. In fact, that's something that no Protestant could ever do. That's why when they talk about Catholics and Protestants getting together, it's hard. It really is hard because I don't have those repeats. I'm not praying to Mary. Uh, you know, uh, to me, that is like, that's about as wrong as it can get. Okay? But still, okay, there are people who do things ignorantly, and goodness, I hope God forgives people for things that they do that are not in accordance with the Word of God. The other thing is this idea of praying for the dead, right? Uh, like uh, what the Catholics do with their purgatory doctrine. There's no purgatory in the Bible. All right. Um, but however, there is a passage in the apocryphal book that teaches the praying for the dead. That's another reason why Bible believing Christians have problems with the apocryphal books. Yes. In Second Maccabees, okay, Second Maccabees, chapter twelve, verse thirty eight to forty six, all right. 
they were talking about, let me give you the background to this. You can read it for yourself by getting a copy of the New American Bible. Um, in Second Maccabees chapter 12, verse 38 to 46, there were some soldiers that died, okay? And so um, the people were concerned about these soldiers, and the religious leaders were concerned about these soldiers. So it says this, uh, they had a priest, a uh, leader there, and thus he made atonement for the dead that they might be freed from their sin. Okay? Now, these guys had died. Okay? And so he made atonement for the dead that they might be freed from their sin. I'm sorry. Uh, people don't get saved after they die. They get saved before they die. And there's no atonement or prayer that you can pray for those who died that's going to change their status one bit with God. Okay? It is in this life that you either choose Jesus or reject him. So, therefore, there's no such thing in the Bible as praying for the dead, and there's no such thing in the Bible as purgatory. But that is what is taught in Second Maccabees chapter 12, verse 38 to 46. Now, of course, if you want to hold to the book of Maccabees, just fine. Whatever you, I'm just telling you the reasons why. Uh, Bible-believing Christians don't accept it because you can't pray for the dead. And here, Second Maccabees uh, chapter 12, verse 38 to 46, talks about doing something that the Bible forbids you to do. The time to accept Jesus Christ, my friends, is now, not later. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Hello, friends. This is Evangelist Anita Campbell, host of Bible Talk. I've got some exciting news now. In addition to listening to us on 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap the News Talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. Hi, my name is Missy Parker Miller, and I'm a licensing and recruitment specialist with Bethany Christian Services. Bethany is a Christian child welfare agency that focuses on foster care and adoption. The need is great for more Christian foster and adoptive homes. In Michigan, there are 13,000 children in foster care, and of those children, 3,000 are waiting now for an adoptive family. Many of these children have been waiting over three years. Bethany's heart is that no child will grow up without a family. These are not bad children. These are children that horrible things have happened to. Who better to minister to these children than Christians who can share the love and compassion of Jesus Christ? Please provide a loving home for a child in need and call Bethany Christian Services today. 248-414-4080. One more time, that number is 248-414-4080. Thanks and God bless. There's a virus spreading across the country, but I'm not referring to the one you think. It's a different kind of pandemic. I'm referring to the left's attack on free speech, the attack born on college campuses and now has spread through the media, online, and at your place of work. If you dare think for yourself and say what you believe, the hard left will come to shut you down. But one film is fighting back. No Safe Spaces, starring Salem Radio Network's Dennis Prager and comedian Adam Carolla. 
Netflix won't carry it. Amazon Prime won't carry it. But now, you can watch this important film from the comfort of your home. Go to nosafespaces.com. Learn how you and your family can exercise your First Amendment rights and express the principles, values, and ideas you hold dear. Go to nosafespaces.com now. That's nosafespaces.com. The team at MyPillow is grateful for you. So grateful they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. Mike guarantees they will be the most comfortable sheets you've ever owned. The first night you sleep on a Giza Dream Sheet, you may never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free. Call 800-919-5912. That's 800-919-5912. Or go to MyPillow.com, but make sure to use the promo code RUNTOWIN at checkout. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. All right, that number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. We're on the air Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss. Have Gary on the line. How you doing, Gary? Uh, yes, Pastor Moss. Uh, thanks for your program. Um, you've been doing a prophecy conference. Have you put those series of, of Revelation on CD? Uh, you know, I do have, uh, uh, not the, in the class. Now, what happens is, uh, when I was doing them, there were pe- people, I think, recording them. So it's possible uh-huh. that if you go on the uh, strictlybiblical.org, uh, you could track it down. But uh, I'm well, not They had the information there. Uh, yeah, should be able then to find I, some information my there. My questions come from. Um, oh, you're still speaking. My questions come from Revelation, the fourth chapter and the fifth chapter of Revelation, and um, uh-huh. it's, it tells that in this I want to ask you if you if you're in your teaching, it says after this I looked and behold a door was open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was that where as the trumpet talked with me was said come up hither and I will show you things that must be hereafter. Do you believe that Apostle uh-huh. John went, actually went to heaven? Well, let's look at what the verse says. It says, after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. So it seems like, it talks about him being taken up, and it seems like that in heaven was open. So it seems to me a strong possibility, and I could be different, none of us were there to watch and see it, but it says the heaven was open, and it says, come up hither. What do you think? Oh, I believe it's literal. See, there's a lot of people that teach this is just a vision, but I believe he literally went to heaven because then it says, he saw around about the throne were four and twenty seats. Upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded yeah. lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning. So he saw this. Well, yeah, well, I believe it. I believe he actually saw it. And I think he went okay. there and saw it. That doesn't mean it wasn't a vision. Okay? You can't have a real vision of what's actually there. 
So let's not take the term vision to mean that it's something that's just seen and that doesn't mean it's real. But, yeah, I have no doubt that what he saw was real, and I have no doubt that he went to heaven. That's what it seems to say. I would accept that, yeah, very easily. All right. Thank you, my friend. All right. The number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578, to be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emory Moss on the Bible Talk program. Um, you see how it works? Any questions you have about the Word of God, you can ask uh, on this program. Um, deal, dealing with the apocryphal books now and also uh, giving facts and evidence on why the Word of God is true. And then recommending that you study your head off, one book to get. It's not a fast read either. It's Baker's Encyclopedia of Christian Apologetics by the late and the great Norman L. Geisler. What a writer. Looks like he was writing books every day. (laughs) This one will help you uh, just as any of the books written by that fine and great apologist, uh, Josh McDowell. All right. Uh, As we wrap up here in the last few minutes, notice that one thing we see in the Bible. Now, I just quoted to you the fact that the apocryphal books never say that they're inspired by God. The author of 2 Maccabees said he did the best he could. Uh, But the Bible claims to be the word of God, and all the prophets said, the word of the Lord came unto me. And also, they quoted one another. Uh, in Daniel chapter 9, verse 2, it was very fascinating to read this uh, when I first uh, began to read it, that, uh, uh, and, and, you know, prophets uh, also uh, would be reading and, and, and uh, reading literature that was written about, uh, about uh, by their other colleagues, uh, prophets. So we have here, In Daniel chapter 9, right, it shows that the um, books, the scrolls, and the documents of the prophets were collected and became a part of Scripture, so much so that prophets could consult each other, right? In Daniel chapter 9, what we see in Daniel chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, it says that in the first year, Darius, the son of Aurus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. Now, Daniel is here wondering what the future holds. Now, of course, God reveals things to him, but also God had revealed things to uh, other prophets as well. So it says in Daniel chapter 9, verse 2, in the first year of his reign, it says in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the uh, desolations of Jerusalem, right? So here we see that Daniel is, uh, who is a prophet, is consulting another prophet, okay? That's what happened, okay? That's what happened. The, the books of the prophets were collected, and all of them claimed inspiration. None of them said, well, I did the best I could with what I said, or what I wrote, like we read in the Apocryphal books. Okay? All of the prophets acknowledged that the words that they were writing was were the words of God. Also, over in Luke 24, where do we find out about our information about Jesus? Where do we go? Well, before the New Testament, there's the Old Testament. Oh, yeah, remember, the Old Testament predicted the coming of Christ, down to the letter, the time, all the things he would do, his death, and everything is described. So, when Jesus rose from the dead, he ran into some uh, doubting disciples. Remember that? Over in Luke chapter 24, uh, notice what happens, okay? Uh, where 
it says in uh, verse 24, and it's almost laughable, but I guess if I was there, I wouldn't have been laughing. I might have been with the group that was doubting, <laughs> just like everybody else. It says uh, uh, that they were walking, these disciples were walking, and they ran into Jesus, and he was a resurrected Jesus. They didn't know it was Jesus. Verse 24, and certain of them which were with us, then they started talking about what they'd seen with this stranger. They thought it was a stranger, but it was Jesus. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it, even so as the woman had said, but him they saw not. Because the women had told them that Jesus had rose from the dead, and uh, Jesus appeared to the women before he appeared to the men, in this case. Okay? Uh, then verse 25. Verse 25. Then he said unto them. This is what Jesus told, okay? Here are these disciples. Jesus told them more than once that he's going to die, he's going to rise again on the third day. Told them over and over. They didn't understand it. Even at the, after, here is the resurrected Jesus on uh, the road of Emmaus, walking with them, and they still hadn't got it. So he says in verse 25, Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Notice he didn't say the apocryphal books. No, the prophets. Okay? So the question for you to ask, who are the prophets? Okay? That's where you get divine inspiration from. There's history in the apocryphal book, books, but not the word of God. Notice. Verse 27, uh, and I'm going to pray with you guys here. And beginning with the Apocrypha, no, it says, Luke 24, 27, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Okay? And they drew nigh, nigh into the village, whether they went, and he made as though he would have gone first. And I would read the rest of that. But just to, I went, my point was this. Notice, and beginning at Moses, the authorized scriptures, the only scriptures that the Jews recognized could be the word of God, okay? Not the apocryphal books. There's no quote from the apocryphal books uh, that Jesus used concerning himself. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he founded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself, okay? So let you know right there uh, that, it was in, that the Bible is the word of God. Okay? inspired by God, written by prophets. Okay? So, and just as prophets were responsible for the production of the Old Testament, well, uh, guess who also heard from God and were responsible for the New Testament? Okay? Yes, the apostles. The apostles. That is why I always have asserted that the apostles did something, the biblical apostles, by the way, did something that none of these men and women who are going around here calling themselves apostles today can do. They just can't. They're not apostles, all right? And I always thought we had enough titles, you know, pastors, ministers, evangelists. Now we got apostles running around, okay? And some people saying they're prophets. Well, call yourself what you want, but there's something that you cannot do. Second Peter 3, 2 Peter 3, chapter 3 and 2 tells us. We could go more than here, and we will in the future, future programs. But understand, there is a large difference between the people who are calling themselves apostles now and the apostles we actually see in the Bible. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, this is if you believe in the Bible. Now, if you just believe in what someone tells you, then you can believe whatever you want. And, you know, not too much I can do about it if you just want to believe something, right? Me, for me, what I'm interested in is evidence and logic, always. I think that those are the two keys that open every door. You've got to have evidence for what you believe, and it must be logical, okay? And if you've got that, then I believe you're on your way. 
Okay, just have to be careful that you have those two things. Notice what uh, uh, this is all about. But before we go to it, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. This is Owen Strain for townhall.com. In a tough time, here's something worth saying. Happy Mother's Day. Mother's Day is a throwback to an era when it was clear that biology drove identity. With fatherhood, motherhood shaped personal existence. Motherhood was also distinct from fatherhood. Mothers blessed their families in countless ways, cooking, nurturing, teaching, and loving. Motherhood has suffered many attacks of late, but it is not extinct, and we need it greatly. In a pandemic, many around us are watching mothers do even more than normal, with little time for release, relaxation, and rest. Yet in such trying circumstances, gold is refined and emerges all the brighter for it. Some today do not adequately appreciate motherhood and womanhood, but many of us do. At least we try to. We watch mothers work their craft every day. We celebrate them. We thank them. With the deepest affection, we say that we love them. Happy Mother's Day. I'm Owen Strand. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program for leaders. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. This is an important notice to all U.S. taxpayers. The IRS is giving away billions of dollars in tax savings through a federal program called the Fresh Start Initiative to aid delinquent taxpayers. This initiative was established for anyone facing financial hardship and unable to pay their back taxes. Qualifying and enrolling in this program will stop all collections, settle your delinquent tax problem, and even reduce what you owe by thousands of dollars. Call the hotline at People's Tax Relief to see if you qualify and get this free information by dialing 800-319-3687. If you have unfiled tax returns or cannot afford to pay your personal or business back taxes, you can now get the help you need. One simple phone call can resolve your tax problem and save you thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify and to get this important free information, call 800-319-3687. 800-319-3687. 800-319-3687. Politics and religion. It's been said that you don't discuss them in mixed company. Probably by someone who didn't really understand either of them. Why follow their rules? Detroit has two radio stations that shatter them. One documents the rebuilding of a great America. While the other shares the promise of the infinite. The Patriot has all the great news about growing the economy and a strengthening nation. Faith Talk Detroit raises the soul and affirms the heart. The Patriot, FM 101.5 and AM 1400. And Faith Talk Detroit on FM 92.7 and AM 1500. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Emery Moss, host of Bible Talk. I've got some exciting news. Now, in addition to listening to us on 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap the News Talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. All right, that number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. be on the air of Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss, uh, dealing with the uh, veracity of Scripture, why we can trust the Bible, and how we can separate uh, the Word of God from historical sources that may have some good information but are not inspired by God. We know that the Old Testament was produced by the prophets. And that is how Jesus, in fact, demonstrated that he was the coming Messiah. Okay? Uh, and then we need to recognize that just as God inspired the prophets to write the Old Testament, he inspired 
the apostles and through them, uh, Jesus spoke directly and his Holy Spirit guided them to produce the New Testament. And here is something that many may not understand, but I'm going to tell you that the apostles of the New Testament stand in the same footing as the prophets in the Old Testament. Both of them received inspiration and direct words from God to produce their documents. Turn to Second Peter chapter 3, and it becomes very clear, all right? Second Peter 3 and 1, what I'm about to read to you now, no prophet or apostle today can talk about doing this. It says here, Second Peter 3, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, and in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, that's the Old Testament, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of our Lord and Savior. Guess what? In this one verse, we have Peter that is saying that the apostles are on the same level as the prophets. Both of them produced God's inspired word. And nobody else today is doing that. Nobody. Now, there's a gift of prophecy. God can give you something about the future if he wants to. That doesn't make you a prophet. And please don't put it down and staple it in the Bible and try to make a book out of it. Then you become a heretic. All right? There's a difference between a gift of prophecy and someone being a prophet like the prophets who wrote the Old Testament. Okay? And any of those guys calling themselves apostles, they can do it but they cannot do what the apostles in the New Testament can do. They cannot write inspired scripture. They can't. Okay? And this is what, of course, sets the Bible, Old and New Testament, above the Apocrypha. Because the Apocrypha nowhere says that it's the inspired word of God. just doesn't. just doesn't. It's very clear, the Bible, and it's very easy and simple to show uh, what we're talking about in that regard. All right. Well, program's about to come to an end. I've enjoyed bringing it to you. We're going to continue in this vein. We're still going to discuss the inspiration of Scripture, uh, do a lot of apologetics on this program. But remember, no matter what I'm talking about, you can call with questions of your very own and with issues of your very own. I want to talk about everything that has to do with the Bible. And then also, I'm going to say something directed uh, mostly at members of our church uh, message uh, that I want to give from our good brother, Raymond uh, and Mary uh, Harris's wife, uh, where they've had death in the family. Mary has lost her brother this morning. Uh, they are in need of prayer and financial help at this time. Uh, what they're asking uh, of our strictly biblical church members, uh, cards and financial support, uh, and uh, please send the support if you have it, something to help them with. Send your support to this address, Raymond and Mary Harris, 18903 Waltham, that's W A L T H A M Street, Detroit, Michigan, 48205. That's Raymond and Mary Harris, 18903 Waltham Street, Detroit, Michigan, 48205. So please do that if you can. And we're going to pray for them right now as well. Father, in the name of Jesus, ask you to bless Raymond and Mary. Father, be with them and not with them alone. So many of us uh, have been touched by death, some just from other causes, some because of the coronavirus. Uh, Father, but minister to us. Minister to people who are suffering right now. Father, uh, we ask that you would cause us to grieve, but grieve not as those who have no hope, 
but as those who know that our ultimate hope is in you and that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Pray for all those who are grieving and suffering. Ask you to continue to bless us and put a hedge of protection around us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, good to be with all of you. I'm going to ask uh, uh, Luke. I can't see him right now. How, how long we have, Luke? Just about a minute left. All right. One minute left on the program. I'm going to say I enjoy all of you listeners. I know that you're out there. Definitely, if you have any questions about the Word of God, about the Bible, give us a call. Also, remember, you can go to strictlybiblical.org and find out about our Sunday services live streaming. Where I'm teaching on the book of Revelation. All you got to do is uh, live uh, stream it, and uh, you'll get us in action. Uh, also, uh, Saturday as well, we're having a rebroadcast of a sermon that took place. So that will be at 11 o'clock, too. So 11 o'clock uh, this, this Saturday, and then, of course, uh, Sunday at 11 o'clock. Just log on to strictlybiblical.org and uh, get ready to just hear uh, the Word of God being preached as our ministry continues. Definitely, we're finding out we don't have to be in a, all together in one building in order to minister. The ministry continues. So we've got a lot of things still going on uh, from Strictly Biblical. Other churches are doing the same thing as we pray for this uh, pandemic to pass and then to get back to normal. Until then, keep studying your Bibles. Okay? Uh, and uh, this is Pastor Moss and uh, Sister Moss. Say hello and goodbye. God bless you, and have a great evening. All right. That's Sister Moss. So good to hear that sweet, nice voice, isn't it? Uh, This is Pastor Moss saying God bless you. We'll see you next time. Sponsored by Bible Boot Camp Ministries. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.